From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. Welcome to a soothing episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Our attention to mental health and living mindfully is an around the clock, around the calendar emphasis here. And we hope where you are as well. Tom Kirkland and our podcast team, happy to be with you. We can all do our part for ourselves, for our families, friends, teammates, and colleagues at work, calming the stressors in our life. The first step in stress management is, is recognizing the stress, you know, recognizing the way that it might affect your body, how it might affect your mind, recognizing what's going on around you. This is a highly relevant issue and challenge for all of us in our world today as we all navigate the challenges of maintaining solid mental health and helping us all strive for a better state of mind at work, at home, and yeah, at the elite level, at the Olympics. I can imagine you spend months, years preparing for one event and then everything depends on that one moment. And that would be something that I would imagine would be incredibly stressful. We're honored to bring in Dr. Ken Carswell, a UK-trained clinical psychologist, now a mental health specialist with the World Health Organization's Department of Mental Health and Substance Use. He is based in Geneva. The WHO has produced a stress management guide, doing what matters in times of stress. And that's where we begin with Dr. Carswell. Welcome, Dr. Carswell. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here today. And thanks for the opportunity. Sure. Uh, happy to have you on this Olympics.com podcast. So start with the big picture. From your perspective, what is stress management? Okay. Well, thank you. So stress management can really be defined as a set of uh, approaches, principles, tools, techniques that people might use to uh, manage stress. So we, th th there's many ways to do this. There are many things that are important about stress management. You know, some things are, for example, getting enough sleep, keeping a good routine, uh, eating well, sleeping well, doing things you enjoy, seeing friends. All of these things can, can help you to manage stress. Uh, but at WHO, we've also developed a stress management guide called Doing What Matters in Times of Stress, which I can uh, now tell you a little bit more about. Sure. Um... Yeah, that's right where I'm going. So uh, we'll just start with what inspired the development of the guide. I guess there's ample reason if you look around the world, right? <laughs> ample reason. If you look around the world. I mean, particularly for, I think, all of us. I think this is something that we saw during COVID-19 was globally there was a, a much bigger interest and much bigger awareness about mental health and about stress because of the experiences that everybody was going through. But obviously, even before that, um, stress is a, an issue that affects many people. Now, now this guide in particular we developed uh, because we know that stress management can be an effective psychological intervention. So we know from lots of research that's been done, from WHO guidelines that we've, we've, we've developed, that if you follow sort of stress management techniques, they can help you to reduce stress and also uh, some other mental health issues like depression, anxiety, and similar. So we wanted something that could be very easy to understand, very easy to use. But this guide in particular we developed with the idea of it being useful in areas where it might be difficult for uh, access of mental health professionals, where there may not be many mental health professionals, so things like humanitarian emergencies. 
But at the same time, it's also something that's very helpful for, for all. No, no question. Yeah. Now, now, now um, we, we developed the guide uh, with a range of experts and particularly with somebody called Russ Harris, who is an expert in acceptance and commitment therapy, which is the type of approach that this guide mm. uses. It's an approach that's based on mindfulness. And Russ has authored several different uh, self-help books. So we worked with Russ to develop something that was simple and easy to follow. So the, the guide is illustrated. It's very easy to read. It's been designed in that way. And it provides five different effective techniques that, that build on one another. Um, it's also, we also released at the same time a uh, related intervention, which is a group-based version of this book called Self-Help Plus, which can be delivered to up to sort of 30 people or so at a time. Hmm. And all the techniques, the book and the course, they're all uh, based on evidence. We've conducted some research, some randomized controlled trials to see how well it works and, and they work well. So this particular guide, we, we released it during COVID-19 and it's been one of the top downloaded WHO publications. Uh, it's, it's been very popular. We've had some great feedback on it and it's available now in, in around uh, 30 different languages. That's tremendous. And, and um, the principles of stress management outlined in the guide uh, obviously applied to athletes. It's, it's one thing the world community needs all the intervention they can get, we can get. But for athletes, it's, a, it's another level of stress, right? Absolutely. No, ab absolutely. The, the, the principles that, that are outlined, I'll just tell you a little bit about sure. them and then I can say a little bit about more about how they apply to athletes. So they're very simple techniques. One of them is grounding. So this is the idea that when you're stressed, you're caught up in what we call in the book, an emotional storm. Um, and grounding helps you come away from the storm and focus on your on the present moment, the, 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 the surroundings around you, what's happening around you and similar. So you do this through breathing, through noticing and then through engaging in the world around you. Uh, the, another quick, uh, simple technique is something called unhooking. And this is when you might get hooked, as we call it, by a, by a difficult thought or feeling. So it might be something like, um, I'm not going to be able to do this. Uh, perhaps for an athlete, it might be my injury might get in the way. And, and you unhook through noticing the thought, saying something like, I notice a difficult thought or feeling, and then grounding yourself. And the idea with all of these techniques is to give you a bit of space, to give you a bit of space between the stress that's going on and uh, what you're experiencing in, in your world and, and to help you to manage that. Now, I think when it comes to athletes, the, the, I, I imagine I've, I've not worked with athletes myself, but, but in preparing for this, I um, spoke to a sports psychologist. I was looking at some of the research and evidence around. And, you know, athletes, like all humans, uh, will be... Uh, affected by different stresses. I saw a systematic review from 2016 that suggested that elite athletes are vulnerable to a range of mental health conditions that might be related to sporting and non-sporting issues. So there are many sort of shared experiences. But I would imagine that, that some of the specific issues for athletes are having to perform at such a high level in such a short period of time. I mean, I, I can imagine you spend months, years preparing for one event and then Everything depends on that one moment. And that would be something that I would imagine would be incredibly stressful. So the techniques that I mentioned there, I could imagine those being applicable. You know, I could imagine an athlete is there about to perform. Maybe there's some worrying thoughts going around. And that idea of grounding, centering yourself where you are, or unhooking 
from from the difficult thought or feeling might help the athlete to manage um, some of that stress. That That's excellent. And I think the key in the beginning is recognizing that the unhooking or grounding is even necessary. I think many people, may, maybe less so athletes because they're they've been through this and they understand ways maybe. Mm. Uh, but the idea like I can change this rather than just worrying your way through it. Exactly. I, I think that's the vision they're working with performance coaches and similar to, to really use some of these techniques. So the techniques we have here are what we call self-help. And, and we know that self-help works very well. We know that People listening to this podcast can download the guide. They can read it themselves. There's some nice little audio exercises to do alongside it. But self-help isn't the the answer for everyone. It's not. Sometimes maybe the techniques aren't enough. So in the case of an athlete, it might be that working with a performance coach or something will help them identify their own individual triggers and their own individual ways of working with it. And for somebody who's, who's experiencing a lot of stress from other, other reasons or, or experiencing mental health issues, these techniques might help, but we would always suggest that somebody seeks help from a, a trained professional and, and the help is available. We have many interventions that work uh, and always suggest seeking that sort of help should it be needed and should people be suffering yeah uh, that's the that is the key and and it's interesting yeah. stress manifests itself differently in different people what's you know what what is noticeable in one so others may hide it well but it's still affecting them that's right it, it, it manifests itself in in many different ways and and you know when we when we say stress stress is normal stress is a natural part right. of life and, you know to some extent a little little bit of stress can be good for us right. it motivates us it keeps us going it maybe gives us energy it's when stress becomes too much or becomes chronic over a long period and where it starts into impacting on people's lives it starts affecting their relationships starts affecting how they work starts affecting home life and and similar and and it may well um show in many different ways you know for some people it might be about excessive worry about the past or future could be problems sleeping some people might feel low in mood other people might stop doing things they might stop doing the things they used to enjoy start cutting off from friends and family and and supports around them other people might start using alcohol or drugs as a way of coping um, and we also sort of see that stress might cause people to get into arguments. They might start getting angry. So those are some of the different ways that stress might affect us. And then there's all the different physical symptoms as well. Headaches, stomach issues, feeling that your heart's beating very fast, back pain, tight muscles, physical pains. So there can be many, many ways that, that stress affects us. And, and it's partly about identifying for the individual what these are. And the, the book uh, explains this very, very well and very simply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and you mentioned the effects and, and it's it's even more subtle with with maybe those athletes who are conditioned to feel stress. But it, it comes around in, in different, sometimes, you know, negative ways in the moment of stress. Right. It's so subtle. Uh, mm-hmm. Those doubts, you know, athletes talk about being in the zone and things slow down. And that's when they're mostly free of the stress. But sometimes it's it works its way in. I'm the less confident, maybe. Yeah, and and you mentioned there about the zone. So that idea of being in the zone or of where where the time might slow down, that's very much mindfulness. That's very much about being completely in the present moment, focusing, grounding, the same sort of techniques that 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 we see in this guide, and and it is something. It's it's a uh, 
well, I, I guess like any any skill, and particularly you know for athletes, any sort of training, that's a skill to train. It's something to learn. It's something to practice. We can think about the mind very much like a muscle. So it's not something that you just learn overnight. It's something that you practice, you rehearse, and then in the big moments, you can hopefully then get yourself into that zone. The good thing is, you know, for the, for the people out there who maybe are interested in this or, or, or not quite at that level of being in the zone, the good thing is, is that the, there are techniques to help you get there. And they're not necessarily very difficult to, to learn or to do. And it's a lot just about taking the steps and doing the practice. And that's both for, I, I would say that's both in, in terms of performance, you know, and, and, and working with that, but also if somebody's suffering from stress in another way that's affecting their life, it's very much about identifying these techniques and, and then using them and putting in all the other things in your life as well that might help, you know, social support, friends, family, doing things you enjoy and so on. Yeah, I think what you're doing and this work is is crucial, and uh, you know I'm I'm not sure it's epidemic yet, but I think that these kinds of ideas need to be uh, infiltrated all through society. Um, you know, education classes in in university or in younger uh, to to have people know that yes, life is going to be challenging, but you don't have to live that way, right? Yeah, ex exactly, and and. I think this changed a bit during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I've worked in mental health for a long time. I used to work in the UK before working at WHO. And I don't think I've ever seen as much publicity, as much of a conversation, a dialogue about mental health as, as I saw uh, during and after, after COVID-19. But there's still a lot of problems there. There's still a lot of stigmatization. There's still a lot um, of misunderstandings. And I think that idea of, of helping us have a better conversation about mental health and about stress, understanding that it's not about personality characteristics and weakness, that it's something that right. can affect us all, super important. And this is, this is really why uh, we're doing some of the work at WHO and why we release a guide like this, because, you know, many self-help books, particularly in the English speaking world, and, and there's many self-help books that maybe are, um, are, are, are very helpful. Yet, when you look at other, other cultures, other languages, there may not be so many things available. So the idea with releasing this guide is there, it's under Creative Commons, so it's under open access. So the idea of releasing it is that people can take this, adapt it, use it in their communities, and hopefully it can, you know, give people evidence-based techniques that can really help them to manage stress. No, no question. Um, and the stressors that create the issues uh, over the time has certainly changed. Which ones are, are most concerning to you these days? And, and I imagine social media, as informational as it can be, is right up at the top. <laughs> I, I think it, yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely depends on, on where you are. And, and, and I guess, you know, at WHO, we're focusing on, on, on the whole world, of course, of different situations. So, you know, you'll get different types of stresses in different settings. So, so a lot of our work is maybe in humanitarian contexts where there's obviously huge, huge stresses. Um, but outside of those areas, social media, it's something that, that can be very stressful for people. Um, it's something that during COVID, we, we had a fact sheet around stress. And, and one of the things was about reducing your uh, access to, to news or social media if you were finding it stressful. Um, I imagine for athletes, there's an even bigger 
uh, concern when it comes to social media. And that's maybe sort of that they're in the public eye. Yep. There's maybe like lots of criticism or things like this that are coming out, which I would imagine would probably be quite difficult to, to deal with. So, so I would hope that the people who are working with athletes and looking after them are very much working with them holistically around stress management. You know, these, these, these books, these tools, they're very helpful and they're one part of the puzzle. But it's also important to consider these also these wider, wider aspects. Yes, for sure. And it's interesting. Uh, it's a double edged sword for, um, you know, athletes and for people in the public eye because they they often need it to promote uh, to to push their brand. And yet the flip side of that is a lot of them, people I know, just turn off. <laughs> they, they go quiet on social during an upcoming event or they don't they don't want to know. They know they're good. They don't want to know mm -hmm. when people are going to rip them for the slightest mistake. And it's important for them. That, I mean, that's good to hear that people are doing that because it's important to sort of self-manage these things. I, I can imagine, you know, social media, like so many other things in life, that there are things that it, it helps connect people. It can be very positive. It can bring people together and it can also have have stressful impacts. So I suppose it's important for the athletes and, and all of us to really realize when these tools are important to use and when we need to turn off. And the, the, the di difficulty comes though sometimes that it can almost be difficult to turn off um, yeah. when, when there's lots of criticism out there. You know, sometimes we have this tendency to, you know, be doing things that aren't very helpful for us, to be looking at things that aren't helpful. So, so almost setting up uh, rules or, or working with uh, coaches or people like this to come up with a you know pattern something that helps the person is probably very helpful right and the nature of it also unfortunately is it's addictive you know i have i have three older children and they've gone through times where you know they love to do it and it's it's good and it's a nice break for their stress however it becomes too much and i know parents around the world understand that <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's very much something about you know people using it responsibly, using it in ways that are healthy for them and helpful for them, and and I think when it comes to to athletes, maybe maybe uh, fans and and the general public being being compassionate and understanding. Yeah. You know, when people are performing at a high level, um, you know, well, in, in life, mistakes happen. Sometimes we're we're not successful. It's part of being human. And, you know, for fans and others to be mindful of that and understanding of that, I would say is probably a, a helpful and good thing. That would be um, very helpful and, and um, very healthy. Um, you meant you've, you've touched on living mindfully. Um, it's one of our, our go-to mottos here at Olympic Channel and Olympics.com. And uh, that, that implies a daily ritual, like living mindfully mm. in the day, staying in the moment. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit and, and what, how your guide might address that in theory? Yeah, sure. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say it's hard. It's, it's hard to do it all the time. Um, and if we were all doing it all the time, there probably wouldn't be much need for for this podcast. So, you know, it's something <laughs> that it is hard. It, it can take time. I think one of the beauties, though, about the guide is that it's it's a form of mindfulness that is very simple. You know, there's, there's, there's different forms of mindfulness. There's, you know, different types of meditation and so on. Really, 
all of these things are about training our mind, training our, our, our being to work in such a way that you can live in the present moment because it's very human not to. It's very human to have a mind that jumps from this to this and this, particularly when we're stressed. And there are different ways and there, there are some really good evidence around different uh, mindfulness approaches. Um, some of them involve maybe doing things for, say, a 20-minute meditation or so per day and, and similar. I'd say what's good about this guide is that it's the very quick and simple techniques. So the guide isn't necessarily about meditating for 20 minutes. It's about grounding yourself regularly and often. So, you know, you have a stressful thought, you unhook from it, you ground. That doesn't take, you know, 20 minutes. That takes a, a matter of seconds. Right. So it's 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 a it's a form of mindfulness that I guess promotes this this quick and useful this quick and uh, regular use of the techniques. Um, and I would say that's probably one of the things that I like about it the most is is exactly that. It's not something it's something you can integrate into your life very easily with just a, a couple of minutes every day. You can practice some of the audios. They take you through the grounding exercises, and hopefully when you're out and a stressful thought comes up. You can just take that moment and go, okay, I'm hooked. Ground yourself, carry on. Yeah. And 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 the idea, it is like training a muscle. So, you know, over time, the muscle should become stronger, be able to use these techniques much more in your life. Um, but there will also be times when 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 the what we call the emotional storms come in and they're so powerful that they do make you stressed. Yeah. Um, that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's it's also partly through doing these techniques that I guess people start learning that um these things do come and go. They they you know come in, they go. There's a there's another technique in the book called making room, which is about thinking about um the mind as as the sky. You know, if we think about the sky, it's it's pretty infinite. Clouds come in, clouds go. Um same with the mind, thoughts come in, thoughts go. It's it's just a, an ongoing uh, process. So, th so these are some of the ways that the, 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 the Doing What Matters in Times of Stress book can help. And I, I think it really is about the simple and easy to use techniques. Yeah. And we hear so much about, you know, positive um, uh, habits, you know, creating. And what you mentioned, you know, you can ground. I forgot the other term briefly. Yeah, you know, you can recognize and ground. And over time... It becomes a habit, and then you can expand on that when you go, hey, that worked last week. You know, and I think that's sometimes that's helped for me sometimes that I realize, hey, this works sometimes. Exactly. No, exactly. And, and we can sort of think about, you know, uh, vicious circles and what we sometimes call virtuous circles. So, you know, the idea that something works, then maybe we apply it again so it works some more and then works some more and so on. And, and I would hope that... But through using these techniques, people may may, may see this. Um, but yeah, it does take practice. It is something that won't change overnight. But the practice is just something that can be integrated into a person's life. Yeah. Just a couple more thoughts. Uh, this has been fascinating for me. I'm sure you hear that a lot when people talk to you. Um, parents, you know, as we speak to our younger audience or, or to parents out there, I'm a parent. I've learned a lot through my, my children in athletics. I've coached them as well. I've made just about every mistake you can make. But um, I, I think especially in this time, it's very important. You mentioned um, you know, the thought of being, of understanding, and, and uh, for parents, it's crucial uh, that you not manifest extra stress on your, on your kids who already are feeling it. 
Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. It's something I guess with when it comes to parenting, it's it's something that um, again we'll never get it completely right. It's about understanding, you know, um, how to do things in the best way that you can to try your best in not manifesting extra stress if it happens. Having a conversation with 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 the child and 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 uh, helping them realize that again we all we all make mistakes we we all make we all make mistakes none of us are perfect it's about partly about not not aiming for perfection and then correcting those mistakes when when they happen uh, i mean i i think with um particularly with with children and, and possibly when it comes to sort of athletics and and similar it might be about getting that balance right between you know how much do you push and how much do you actually sort of encourage and go with what the the, the child would want themselves I'd imagine that would be quite a quite a tricky uh, balance it really is um, and you have to listen you know I, uh, Absolutely. that's another one of the key things I, I had written down here you know listening either as somebody who wants to learn or, as somebody in your position listening yeah yeah no exactly it's 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 probably it's maybe one of the things that's most important that we we don't necessarily all do enough uh in all sorts of relationships and areas uh and it's it's the it's the key it's the key to understanding each other it's a key to reducing stress because just a person feeling listened to feeling understood we know that those things can help them um and it's the first it's it's really the first and fundamental uh aspect sometimes when we talk about psychological therapy we we have all these different um approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy and so on that might be very effective but foundational to all of these are what we call you know common helping skills or foundational helping skills so the idea like verbal communication nonverbal communication listening and things like this they're they're really at the core of uh, everything and i would imagine that they're at the core of good performance as well as good mental health yeah for sure uh, just the last thought this is a nice tight 28 minutes guide uh and you express it so well uh is if there's a, a takeaway from here people why as we wind down um listeners ways to manage stress effectively what would be your you know one or two key takeaways i think probably the first one would be to take time and practice so you know realize that things can change uh take the time to try and identify for yourself what skills work have a read through the book start practicing it think about other aspects sleep good diet and similar and, and work out what works for you and then i think the other really important thing i'd say is to reach out to talk to listen to talk to friends to talk to family and to seek professional help if somebody uh, really is needing it the, the help is there there are ways that we can manage stress anxiety and depression and things like this and um i'd encourage people to to to, to seek that out, help out either professionally or non-professionally as they need yeah that's uh that's great insight and uh, if you could just tell us that it's available on on the the who's website Yes. So the guide is available on the WHO website. If people search for doing what matters in times of stress, WHO, then they should, it should be one of the first links that come up. Perfect. And like I said, it's available in many, many languages. So you can just have a look at the, look at the page. That's uh, that's great. Dr. Ken Carswell, thank you so much. It's fascinating to walk down this path with you and I'm just hoping uh, we can just be a, a softer, kinder world, <laughs> but good luck with that, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I hope so too. And uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity and thanks for the conversation. It's been great. This is the Olympics.com podcast. That was very relatable and helpful. I hope you found that as well. It's very important to remember that there's an invaluable resource easily accessible for anyone looking to enhance their mental and emotional well-being here. Our Athlete 365 platform available right here on Olympics.com. You'll find a wealth of help to guide you on your journey to mental wellness. We've had several mental health-related podcasts here in my first year as host. Back recently, October 10th, Unlocking the Mind with former NBA number one draft pick, Olympian and current Atlanta Hawks assistant coach Epe Udo and Swedish sports psychologist Christopher Henriksen. An incredible deep dive into mental wellness at the highest levels of sports. And then from back in February, February 25th to be exact, mental health and elite sports with Simone Biles coach Cecile Landy. The greatest short track speed skater in Olympic history, Italy's Ariana Fontana and NBA human performance specialist Dr. Craig Manning. It's right over here on another part of our platform. Go find it. I think you'll find it useful whether you're an athlete or not. Well, that's it for this episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at Olympics with any feedback you have. We love feedback. It helps us to get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter or X at TK Sports Tweets. Thanks for being a part of the Olympic community and follow the road to Paris 2024 Olympic qualification process here as well. We'll see you next time. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on Olympics.com. 